The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Business is changing, and new marketing avenues are opening up every day. WebmasterRadio.fm presents a show that brings you the innovators and trendsetters, taking us to a new age of marketing, media, and social business strategy. Welcome to Market Edge with Glenn Engler. Get ready to hear perspectives on social media and digital marketing that will help you gain insight into the unique opportunities and challenges facing marketers and thought leaders today. Now, now, please welcome your host, a Fortune 500 industry figure in the marketing and communications world for more than 25 years and chief executive officer of Digital Influence Group, the host of Market Edge, Glenn Engler. Hi, and welcome to Market Edge. I'm your host, Glenn Engler, CEO of Digital Influence Group, a full-service digital marketing agency that helps companies unlock the social potential of their brands and amplify its impact to drive business results. Today, I'll be talking about marketing and agency innovation with Rashad Tabakawala, Chief Strategy and Innovation Officer at VivaKey, a company that combines the media and digital assets of the Publicis Group. Rashad oversees innovation and reinvention efforts across all of VivaKey's agency networks. Working closely with local brand CEOs and VivaKey country chairs, he helps VivaKey's global businesses become established leaders in digital media and marketing. Previously, Rashad founded and was the CEO of Denu. Over his 20-plus year career history with Publicis Group, he helped incubate, launch, and or accelerate such startups as Leo Burnett's interactive agency Giant Step, SMG's digital arm Starcom IP, Starcom's emerging media practice SMG Next, Play, SMG Search, and Alchemy. Rashad has been recognized as a top business leader and marketing innovator by outlets like Business Week and Time Magazine. He was appointed to Advertising Age's Interactive Hall of Fame, named by Adweek as a media all-star for interactive media, and honored by OMA as a media strategist all-star. In 2009, Rashad received an Industry Achievement Award at AdTech for long-term dedication and industry service. You can connect with Rashad on Twitter at twitter.com forward slash Rashad T or on his blog at RashadT at WordPress.com. It's great to have you on Market Edge, Rashad. I'm honored and welcome. Thank you very much. So for those who are listening and um, who may be not completely familiar with VivaKey, can you talk a, give a brief overview of the organization? Sure. So VivaKey is a brand-led family of companies that has been uh, built to deliver scalable and innovative solutions in a what we call connected and personalized world. And what does that mean? It basically means that we have four or five major brands, such as Digitas, Razorfish, Stockholm MediaVest, and Zenith OptiMedia, that span everything from media planning and buying to uh, content development, uh, e-commerce, um, mobile, and uh, the entire spectrum from analog to digital, from buying to content development. 
And uh, we, unlike a lot of companies, go to market not as Viviki, so it's less well-known, but more as our individual brands, whether it be Digitas or RazorFish.com or MediaVest or Zenith or OptiMedia. And that's because of two reasons we've put this together. One is we believe no one company can do everything that our clients want. And it's very, very important for companies to focus on things that they're very good at and to upgrade those capabilities. The other is it's going to be very important to share certain underlying tools and technologies that scale. Uh, and we have something called the Viviki Nerve Center, which is sort of our combination of all of our data, as well as some of our APIs and key relationship with major players like Google and Microsoft. And finally, we need to borrow, which is a particular company needs to, in order to deliver services for its clients, borrow from other companies, both inside Viviki, inside Publicis, and across the world. Because you know, clients want both integration and best of breed, but they don't want basically an integration of mediocrity. So we've sort of built this model uh, which sort of understands that clients want brands, clients want expertise, uh, no one company can do it all, and so Viviki is sort of this enabling platform that allows our companies to do so. Hmm. And if I recall, Publicis overall is uh, the group is fifty, fifty-five thousand employees globally, and how many are under the family of brands in in uh, Viviki? So Viviki is about twenty-two thousand people. So Viviki is about forty wow. percent of all of Publicis. Um, and it is because of the nature of, uh, you know, you sort of have seen an adage. If you look at in uh, 2011 sort of growth rates, uh, digital agencies grew at about 17%. Uh, media companies grew at about 11%. PR companies grew at 5 And ad agencies grew at 4 Since mm-hmm. This happens to be the conglomeration of the digital agencies and the media companies we account for about two-thirds of the growth of the group. So we're about 40% of the revenue, but we're about 65 to 70% of the growth. So 20, 22,000 individuals and uh, inquiring minds therefore want to know, what is the day in the life of a chief strategy and innovation officer like? Uh, the day in the life is usually on an airplane. Uh, <laughs> the way it would be an airplane. So, you know, to give you an idea, what I'll do is I'll give you three quick days, which is the last uh, three days that I've lived this life. So the first day I was in uh, Seattle, and that was with uh, a lot of publicist folks and with senior folks at Microsoft uh, looking uh, at the opportunities and looking at the roadmap that Microsoft has uh, behind everything from Windows Phone, Windows 8, and how our companies could align with those for the benefit of our clients. Uh, The next day, with another subgroup of people, I was in Mountain View with Google. Uh, Google is a big partner of the Viviki Nerve Center, and um, I was there to sort of uh, sit in and see what the Viviki Nerve Center and Google are uh, working on. I then flew across the country uh, to New York City, where I was asked by a L'Oreal client to present a perspective on the future of media at an analyst meeting uh, for about 75 or 80 of the analysts that cover L'Oreal stock. So as you can see, it's pretty significantly different. And in between, I did a couple of M&A calls and uh, you know, also worked on uh, 
ensuring that one or two of our talented people didn't jump out of the window. <laughs> and so, knowing you and <laughs> sorry, go ahead. That's it. So that was the last three days, and that's it's, it. It's usually on a plane, and it's usually with a lot of smart people, which I learned from. Knowing you and that you're restless and you never sit still, that sounds absolutely perfect. One word that um, I've seen you talk about a lot is reinvention. And can you talk a little bit about how important reinvention is to the success of those brands underneath the Viviki umbrella? Absolutely. So one of the most important things to sort of recognize is, you know, in a world of change, um, what you can't stop is external change. External change is going to happen whether we like it or not. Uh, so what we can do is we can change ourselves, our organizations, uh, the talent, what we do, our partners, uh, in order to remain relevant. And in order to remain relevant to three things, it's very important for us to remain relevant with our clients because our clients have choices of other partners that they could work with. It is extremely relevant that we remain relevant with talent, which is if next generation talent doesn't believe that you have what it takes to remain in their career is relevant, you have a bit of a problem. But mm -hmm. the most important is to remain relevant with our clients, consumers, customers, people. As their behaviors change, as their expectations change from everything from marketing to stuff like that, you've got to basically change uh, as an organization. And, and we do it at two levels. One is we try to upgrade all of our people, try to provide training, try to give them new opportunities. Uh, we also, however, try to evolve our companies. So, you know, Viviki originally began many, many years ago. If you sort of look at the DNA, that we've had lots of mergers and acquisitions, uh, started as um, uh, sort of a spin-off of the Leo Burnett Media Department that basically ended up being Starcom. And I was sort of involved uh, as part of that uh, that deal, which occurred in you know in nineteen uh, ninety nine, so about uh, twelve years ago. At which stage there were about a thousand employees. So now twelve years later, it's twenty two thousand employees, right? Um, and along the way, we went from basically being a media buying and planning company uh, to being more focused on planning, to add a lot of more digital capabilities to merge first with MediaVest, which added further buying capabilities. Mm -hmm. Then when we were bought by Publicis, we got to work with Zenith Optimedia, which strengthened not only our European capabilities, but a lot of our ROI metrics. And then over the years, we began to realize that our digital capabilities required much more strength than we actually had ourselves. And we were fortunate to partner with you know, a place that you worked at, which was Digitas, uh, that came into our world. We then upgraded our search capabilities with Performics, our creative capabilities with a company called Moxie, and then we added uh, uh, capabilities in everything from e-commerce and more technology with Razorfish. Uh, and so now we can provide an entire spectrum of capabilities. And today, uh, you know, 12 years ago, uh, the total amount of revenue that came that was digital from Starcom was approximately 3%. And all of that was basically from a company that I was running for Starcom called Starcom IP. Uh, today, the percent of revenue from Viviki that is digital is 53%. Wow. Okay? And that's what I mean by reinventing. Can you imagine if we hadn't reinvented where we would be? Mm -hmm. 
But reinvention is both on an organizational perspective, but it's also on an individual personal perspective. And that's, you know, one of the things that I encourage people to do is keep learning new things and keep staying relevant because often when you are constantly talking about how everybody else is a dinosaur, it's probably because you are. So you um, make, I love the, the comment of remaining relevant to three different constituencies, if you will. And um, I, I saw a recent interview that you did in, um, that's up in a YouTube video, and one of the things you talked about that the biggest challenge in the industry is the speed of change. Um, talk a little bit about some of the challenges that this presents for the media or digital agencies in, in Viviki, and how do you, you know, what's the speed of change really affecting? Uh, well, the, the first thing with regard to the speed of change is there is a emphasis on uh, making decisions quickly versus spending a lot of time cogitating over decisions. Um, and what is starting to happen is it's not as easy to do because I had the uh, wonderful opportunity recently of uh, addressing, you know, about a thousand people at Facebook, um, and. Uh, they, you know, have some amazing. Uh, they obviously move at a very rapid rate of uh, change, and they have certain uh, beliefs. And one of their beliefs is, uh, you know, uh, break things. Uh, and I sort of, uh, and 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 the rate at which they move, and the rate at which Google moves, and the rate at which Microsoft moves, and um, are, are things that are impacting our industry. On the other hand. We have to be careful. So the, the the challenge is we have to be careful because brands aren't built overnight. Brands are mm -hmm. trust marks. And if you move really fast, for instance, you know, Netflix moved really fast to try to sort of bifurcate itself and it so damaged the brand that it's paying a big price for it. Because yep. it's better to move very fast. So the, the challenge really is to understand the following. The world is going digital and needs to move fast. Therefore, organizations need to move fast. However, Brands and people are analog. We tend to move slower. And the big challenge is how do we pace ourselves to move fast enough to remain relevant, but not mm -hmm. so fast that we break what has been built. I love that. Um, and in that same YouTube video, you talked about three keys to being an innovative leader. And the one that struck me that you highlighted as being one of, if not the most important, is being insightful and understanding human beings. Uh, talk a little bit about that, if you will. Yeah. So, you know, we are uh, rightfully uh, across both clients and service organizations like ourselves, we are rightfully tending to become a little bit more left brain because of uh, computing technology and data. Uh, and you know when you think about you know big data, data-driven marketing, analytics, uh, ROI, uh, there is a emphasis on that. Uh, and uh, I in no way sort of underappreciate that. As, as a mathematics major, I think that's fantastic. However, uh, data itself doesn't solve much. Uh, you know, data. Uh, I, I do two things. One is I sort of remind people of a poem. Uh, which I will sort of uh, rip off, which is a Samuel Taylor Coleridge had a poem uh, called The Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner. And there's a line there that goes, water, water everywhere, so much water. Um, uh, the water, water everywhere, and all the boards did shrink. Water, water everywhere, but not a drop to drink. Because this guy shot an albatross, and he's stuck in the hot sun in seawater. 
Uh, and I sort of used that as data, data everywhere, but so much data I will think, data, data everywhere, who will help me think? Okay, and and thinking is basically data is pretty useless because the half life of data is probably microseconds and there's too much of it, uh, and so data itself is not that helpful. Information you extract from data is kind of interesting, but for a chart or a graph or for a newspaper, what's far more interesting is insights, and insights is where you basically add human reality to data. And human reality is because people are analog, they actually think with their hearts and they use numbers to justify what they just did. And so what you want to do is you've got to look at the data to sort of to reveal behavior. And then looking at behavior, so data reveals new ways of behaving. And then you withdraw and from that get insights. And then you use data to address those insights through you know, your marketing programs. But there's this particular thing where it's about people and analog and human beats and emotion, which sometimes we forget. And the truth of the matter is the most successful companies in the world combine those two. You know, whether it's Nike or Apple or Starbucks, it's, they don't just come off and keep talking data, 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 right? They are clearly right. data-driven operations. You know, Apple yep. is at the world's best logistics and go for price, but they don't keep talking about data. Right, right. So if you take that mindset and thinking about the brands underneath the, the Viviki umbrella, what's an example of your, of your, your data, data everywhere um, who will help me think, but what's a, what's a good example of, of something that as you've taken that to a brand, um, I get the client stuff, but within the, the agencies, um, that where it's resonated? Well, the, the way it's resonated is, you know, on a, on a broader context is each one of our organizations has sort of adapted and, you know, changed itself uh, to incorporate more right-brained thinking. So, for instance, yep. two of our organizations are media companies, which is Zenith Media and uh, Stockholm MediaVest Group literally have content created, content creative and content partnering units. Mm. One is called Liquid Thread and one is called Newcast, where we partner with the creative community because obviously, you know, some of the most interesting creative minds happen to be at the NBC, CBS's, AOL, mm -hmm. the world. You see that also, you know, at, 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 at Digitas where the whole idea is, you know, their positioning is brand activation. Mm -hmm. um, and, and it's really you know about in, about active uh, action, and even at Razorfish, it's about experiences that build business. Okay, got so it. It's about yep. creating experiences. So the whole idea is to make it into something that sort of interacts, and that can be through content, through user interfaces, uh, through storytelling, etc. And how, you talked a little bit about um, the the overall landscape, and you mentioned with. Um, the, the Zenith and Optimedia um, acquisition or integration about global. Will you talk a little bit about what you're seeing in the U.S. versus outside of the U.S., uh, some of the dynamics, where are there similarities that make this really global, and where are there just very different, unique aspects? Sure. So, you know, one of the odd beliefs is, for instance, the three big growth arenas in the world – are, so you, you'll be sort of surprised when you hear the third one, okay? It's China, India, and America, okay? <laughs> and I'm not discounting Brazil, but Brazil is 
a relatively small country. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's you know, a little less than 200, 150 million people, but the U.S. is 300 million and the other two are a billion. But the U.S. starts off on a very large base, and the U.S. is actually growing in population because of a net of immigration, as well mm-hmm. as the fact that while even though the birth rates might be falling, they're much more than two, so we're adding population. And the, the, the United States, to a great extent, what we're beginning to see is it's a, it's, a, it's a solid growth market, which actually is like the United States of America with you know, 50 million Hispanics, large groups of Chinese. Uh, still a lot of young people in the place where technology platforms play the mm. most. So we, we see the, the United States as uh, you know, a premier growth market. Now, where things differ from the rest of the world, uh, and you know, if you go to like a China or India, uh, they do something completely different. So something like a China is the world's most, is the world's largest market for the internet and the world's largest market for mobile phones. There are over 350 million people on the internet, which is larger than the U.S. population in China. Over 500 million people on phones. Uh, if you come to India, India basically has about 350, 400 million people on phones. 100 million people on the internet, but out of those 400 million phones, only 30 million are smartphones, and of the 100 million people on the internet, only 15 or 20 are at broadband speeds. Um, And so what begins to happen is, the key things that sort of differ between these countries technologically are two. One of the key things that tends to happen is, in the more... Asian countries, the mobile phone is becoming far more important than almost any other way of access. So they're leading mm-hmm. in that, uh, which is number one. The number two is all over the world, with the exception of China, there are some global platforms that are playing very much the same. So, for instance, the number two market, because China doesn't allow Facebook and China doesn't allow Twitter, and for all mm-hmm. practical purposes, China limits Google. Okay. But if you look outside of that, the number two market for Facebook, Twitter, Google, you know, LinkedIn is India, with the exception of Facebook, where it's Indonesia, and India is third. Mm-hmm. And so you have something odd, which is each country has its own idiosyncrasies. And the idiosyncrasies tend to basically be mobile phones and Internet use is taking off, but in different proportions. The other idiosyncrasy is in China and in India and in many other developing markets, traditional media, not just television. You know, television is strong in the U.S., television is strong all over the world. But other media, like newspapers and magazines, are massive growth industries in China and India. Interesting. Massive growth. So what tends to basically happen is when you go into any of these countries, you have to basically you know, not take in the United States mindset that, oh, my God, newspapers are going out of business and magazines are dying, right? There it's the exact opposite. Newspapers are booming. Magazines are booming. All media is booming. Interesting. Very interesting. So I got a gobs more questions, but we're going to take a very quick commercial break. Please stand by, and I'll be right back with Rashad Tabakawala and more of the conversation. Market Edge will return in just a moment. Rise links and web indexes. Take a bow to the largest link map in the world. 
Majestic SEO. Majestic SEO wields its virtual sort with speed and accuracy to deliver detailed reports of your company's link data and that of your competition. Let Majestic SEO make you your own king of internet marketers and join the crusade of clients and agencies that have chosen the noble choice for link intelligence. MajesticSEO.com Maximize ROI to use your time. Johnson, what's this mantis I keep hearing about? Do we need to call an exterminator? No, sir. Moby Mantis is our new SMS marketing tool. SM what? SMS. Text messaging. Moby Mantis lets us communicate directly with our customers in real time. We can send promos, coupons. It even lets our customers market for us by sharing offers with their friends online. It's been great for business. Hmm. Sounds expensive. Actually, I sign us up for an extended free trial. It hasn't cost us a dime. Good work, Johnson. I guess the only thing we'll be exterminating is the competition. To get your free extended trial of Moby Mantis, text RADIO to 21691. That's RADIO to 21691 for Moby Mantis. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. TopSEOs sends you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let TopSEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Start your search engine and put your servers into overdrive. It's WebmasterRadio.fm, steering you into the winner's circle. WebmasterRadio.fm, we're everywhere. We're back with more Market Edge, bringing you the best and brightest voices in digital marketing, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Once again, here's Glenn Engler. Welcome back to Market Edge. This is your host, Glenn Engler, and I'm here today with Rashad Tabakawala, Chief Strategy and Innovation Officer at Viviki, talking about marketing and agency innovation. You had a recent blog post that I read where you combined a few industry definitions of creativity and came to the conclusion that, and I'll quote, creativity is connecting the dots in new ways that resonate. What does that mean for our industry about new dots are always being formed? One of the key you know, factors, I think, is creativity um, is, is, is something that historically has been very important to marketing because creativity is the way we have uh, really told our stories and made our brands, uh, you know, uh, live and breathe. And historically, creativity utilized uh, for many, many years um, the word uh, and the sound. And then over time, we had the picture, and then obviously we had video. And then it sort of stayed there. You know, and then you could potentially say we had place, which is a, you know, a physical retail event or a store. Mm-hmm. Uh, but over the last, uh, I would say, four or five years, we've had three massive new dots. Um, and the first dot is the dot of what I call participation, which is uh, the people's network or social network, which mm-hmm. is the story is not only uh, spread by people, but people add to the story because we can all now express ourselves. Yeah. Uh, the second one is 
uh, mobility, which is if you have a phone with you and you are in a store, uh, you have the ability to be very relevant to somebody like never before with your messaging yes. or your utilities or services. And the third one is because of very uh, easy APIs, whether it's you know Facebook social graph or linking into you know Google trend data, uh, you're now all linking to YouTube. You, your messages now can link to other messages that exist on the web. You know, just think about it if every television commercial could link to all television commercials that had yep. come before. Uh, so that's that API dot. And so in effect, we have more dots to paint with. And I sort of, I sort of think about it as, you know, Renaissance painting. The key thing that happened, when, you know, when we moved into sort of the age of Renaissance painting is it was the invention of um, the uh, uh, perspective, Right, you have perspective painting, so things weren't flat anymore. Mm -hmm. And my basic belief is what these new dots do is it's the equivalent of perspective painting. It lets us tell stories in far deeper ways than ever before. Mm -hmm. And we now need to basically be comfortable with telling stories with all these colors. That doesn't mean that you can't have a fantastic story with just words. Right. But in effect, if in the old days you only had pastel paints and now you've got both pastel <clears throat> and primary colors, Right, you should be able yep. to use everything to tell a story and not just pastel. So speaking about storytelling and brands, um, you were featured in Do or Die, the interactive book app um, addressing how today's companies must do or risk defeat. Uh, two questions on there. One was how did what, what were some of the main contributions to the project, and then which brands do you think have done a particularly good job at doing rather than saying? So, you know, the, the contributions to that product, and it was really uh, Clark Kokich, who is uh, the chairman of Razorfish, um, sort of got a bunch of smart people, and then he sort of ran out of smart people, and he also included me to basically uh, <laughs> you know, uh, sort of address, you know, different things about sort of the future of marketing. Um, and, you know, one of uh, his underlying basic beliefs, uh, which I agree with, is we're living in a world that at some particular stage you've got to actually start doing versus thinking, right? And you can think as much as you want, but this is one of these iterative worlds. And, you know, today, because I tend to be senior and I run around in planes, the closest I get to actually doing is by sitting in on meetings and watching people do and then trying mm -hmm. to figure out what the hell's going on. <laughs> uh, but, but one of the key things with doing in successful companies um, you know, I would point out to like here are three great examples. I think American Express, okay, is a fantastic company with things like uh, Small Business Saturday, mm -hmm. okay, and American Express Open, where they sort of uh, live uh, live uh, the, the way they, uh, they they say that uh, we should all yep. do, and and it's a it's a it's a, it's a program that I think uh, works particularly uh, well. Um, and, and another one which. In, in, in some ways, is today having you know significant difficulties uh, because of its structure, but still is a company that's working very hard at doing its best by. Uh, hmm. And you know whether it's the tweet, uh, the twelfth force, or a whole bunch yep. of other things, they're trying very hard to sort of link into social, link into uh, into activities. Um, and uh, you know a third brand that um, I uh, am a uh, sort of a big fan of is really the entire uh, uh, gamut of what uh, some of the traditional packaged good companies, um, like a uh, Procter & Gamble and Unilever, uh, mm -hmm. 
who are, uh, you know, if you, if you sort of see some of the stuff that uh, Unilever is doing around Dove or around Axe, yes. okay, or P&G does around Pampers or around Tide, yep. uh, they're doing things which are quite interesting. They're looking at marketing as not only uh, trying to change culture, but they're trying to do things with regard to social graph. They're trying to deliver utilities and services versus just messages. Yep. Uh, and uh, uh, they're all, um, uh, you know, my my underlying basic belief is, um, unlike a lot of people who are both either at conferences or who give a whole bunch of speeches who believe that, you know, marketing, marketers, agencies, all are like uh, going nowhere but hell, right? <laughs> uh, I have a very different vision, and that's probably because I get high, sleep, you know, flying so high, but yes, my belief I believe that we're in a massively fantastic age for marketing, uh, that marketing is about understanding and meeting customer requirements. As customers mm-hmm. get more powerful, marketing becomes interesting and more difficult and more challenging, and therefore marketers need to be better, uh, you know, even if you're facilitating self-marketing. Um, the second, to a great extent, is uh, the marketing business is twice the size of the hardware and software business in the world. It's the reason why all the technology companies are entering into marketing. So if the, te- if the marketing business was a dying business, why is all the world's best companies coming into it? Right. 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 And third is if you think about it, what attracted me to marketing is where business met art. Okay. Mm. Where data met insight. Yeah. And now we're having a third dimension, which is where business and art meets the magic of technology. And Got it's it. such an so, amazing, amazing time. So my whole basic belief is there's nothing <laughs> wrong with this industry. The only thing that may be wrong is with people like myself who probably need to like retire and let the next generation take over. Well, I don't I don't think that's the, the truth at all. In fact, I can probably speak for the listeners saying that you've like completely charged up all of us that are in the marketing industry just by hearing this. But so you've for many years have been all around innovation, change, reinvention. Look look ahead um, five, seven years as we approach 2020. What are some of the, which is going to be just, boy, marketers are going to have a blast with 2020 and vision and everything. What are some of the, you know, what's a key theme that's going to, that's going to matter? What's a brand that's going to absolutely be reinvented going forward just based on your perspective? I believe the following four things are going to change all brands, okay? And I'm not sure exactly how, uh, but these are sort of the four seismic forces. Uh, The first seismic force is what I call the people's network, which is the way I sort of define social networks. Yep. Because, you know, social networks aren't necessarily social because we spend most of our time either looking at photographs or promoting ourselves. Uh, so one is the people network word of mouth at scale. Yep. The second one is what I call facilitation, that all of us are marketing to ourselves increasingly. So how do we facilitate self-marketing? You know, mm, in, interesting. In, in your days when you worked on, you know, GM and other things, and increasingly people are buying their own cars, right? I mean, yep. doing all this. So how do you facilitate self-marketing? Uh, the third is that we're increasingly basically moving into a world where Consumers are asking, who is the company or who are the people behind the brand? Are they authentic? Do they think about the community? Can we trust them? Okay. It becomes very difficult to hide. Uh, yep. So you've got Agreed. to basically come out. And the last one is increasingly what's going to matter is marketing rather than advertising. 
And marketing mm. will be about delivering utilities and services and not just messages. Fantastic. So just before I let you go, one of the things I like to do is do a quick speed round where I ask the guests the first word or word that comes to their mind with a particular uh, technology or trend or something. So given your visionary state and what we've done, um, there's no right or wrong answer, but just real quick response. When I say something like check-ins and Foursquare, what's your take? Relevance. How about daily deals like Groupon? Waste of money. <laughs> and Pinterest? Women and people like pictures versus words. <laughs> Fantastic. All right. Well, I want to thank you, for Rashad, for being my guest today. And thanks to everyone in the audience for listening to today's conversation. If you have any questions or would like to talk further about the topic of today's show, feel free to connect with me on Twitter at twitter.com forward slash Glenn Engler or on my blog at www.glennengler.com. Visit www.webmasterradio.fm at 12 noon Eastern Time on Tuesdays to tune into episodes Market Edge. For Market Edge, this is Glenn Engler. Until next time, I'm out.